Welcome to the Alternative Property Management Podcast, brought to you by Renty and the PMC. Hosted by David Faulkner, Harrison Vaughn, and Will Alexander, and powered by Renty, who just want to make renting enjoyable. Hello, welcome to the Alternative Property Management Show, New Zealand's best property management podcast, which completely lacks structure. We wing it as we go, <laughs> like running our businesses. I'm your host, David Faulkner, the General Manager of Property Brokers Property Management. With me again, uh, my loyal partners in this podcast, uh, Mr. Science, Mr. Robot, Mr. Run Up to Matter Peak about 50, 100 times. And uh, he also runs property management's best and fastest growing software, which I didn't say last week and uh, we got sold off for. Well, Alexander, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, great. Uh, very, very comfortable with that intro. Thank you. Much appreciated. That's, that's a bit better than last week, wasn't it? And on the other side of the uh, fence, I don't know what I mean when I say that, but it's Harrison Vaughan, the managing director of Tommy's Property Management down there in our capital, Tifanger Otaro, Wellington. <laughs> How's it going, Addison? All right. Oh, very good, though. Very good. Just freezing, though. Very cold here in Wellington at the moment. Well, are you are you off to the Gold Coast this weekend? I, I am actually. You know, I'll be sunning it up, sunning it up in the Gold Coast, heading over there for the um the Eric conference. Uh, which will be really nice. good. Two days of uh, real estate and property management speakers. There's some amazing keynote speakers. Um, and, and best of all, there's a casino there as well. So, no, I'll have a very good time. Well, guess what? I'm off to Arec as well. So I'm flying over there oh, Saturday that's morning. dangerous. Gold Coast, get ready. Yes. Dave and Harry on the town. Yeah, and we're going to see Caitlin Jenner. I don't know what Caitlin Jenner's going to talk about in property management space, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Arik. I am looking forward to it. I have to say, though, I've got a bit of a confession to make here because uh, I was meant to be in Napier this weekend. We bought tickets for the Warriors. We've got to have a bit of a lads weekend. And the Warriors are playing in uh, Napier. They're playing the Broncos, the Brisbane Broncos. And I'm a bit of a leaguey and uh, love the Warriors. And uh, we had it planned to go over to Napier for the night. Got tickets. Got myself accommodation booked, and we were going to have a big night in the town in Napier. And uh, then I got told, you're going to Arek. And uh, so I'm off to the Gold Coast. So I'll go and find myself a bar on Saturday afternoon, watch the Warriors play, uh, hopefully take on the Broncos. Then we've got the two days of the conference, and then we're off to Image Property Management. Now, remember Joel Davis, who spoke at the PMC last year, who uh, came over from Brisbane? Yep, it's a good friend, Tal Messer from Tappy. How are you, Tal? He's sorted out a a visit. And Harrison, are you coming along to that? Have you been invited? No, no, I will not be there for that. I'm I'm getting back to New Zealand after the conference on Tuesday. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I'm off to uh, have a good look at image property management in in Brisbane. Um, and, and really looking forward to to seeing how they run uh, the the real estate and property management business. I mean, they've got the property managers, they're managing big numbers, uh, around about that 240 to 300. And uh, going to be interesting to see how he does it. I'm, I'm jealous of you two. Um, I'm, uh, I don't know what to say. I really am. And image property management, um, they're doing great things. What he was talking about last year at the PMC conference, 
I think everyone took note of that, and and that was where he was pulling to um, like a, a dashboard together of all the different systems, wasn't it? Um, really cool stuff. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to hearing the feedback from that. You're going to pick your brain when you get back. Well, we're starting to do. We're working on something at, at property brokers. I know that you went down the the Dell path, and. Um, so we've yeah. gone down Power BI and, and trying to extract all this information out of Palace and, and other, and we use Power BI a lot. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to look exactly what he does. And, and I mean, it, it seems to be, I get the impression talking to him or listening to him speak last year, every property manager's got a PA, but they're based in the Philippines. Um, so there's a lot of outsourcing going on. And uh, it'd be very interesting to see how uh, that works. But I also... Addison, I don't know about you, but I just like walking around some of these trade stalls in, in these conferences. I've not been to a conference overseas since pre-COVID. And one of the things I used to I used to go to, it used to be called Arkham in the day in Sydney. Um, but also went to, I was I went to one in London. I was fortunate enough to be a panellist at one in London in front of a thousand people. And it was interesting to see the stuff that was going on there. And um, But we do some cool stuff. In New Zealand, I, I I really do. I think what Renty does, Tappy, a um, yep. couple of others, uh, which which do some pretty cool cool stuff. We, and, we innovate. Uh, yeah. We innovate, and to to prove that point, I'm pretty sure I've solved the Big Bang theory as well. Go on. So I've come up with a theory. Um, <laughs> so the uh, James Webb tel- James Webb Telescope. Um, now is at a Lagrange point, which is, means it just sits out there in space, perfect distance from the Earth gravitational pull, staring out into the cosmos. And it's basically said that um, it's questioned the Big Bang theory because galaxies and black holes are formed so close to the edge of time. They've said that's not possible based on physics as we know it. So what I think is, I'll ask you a question. If the universe is expanding, what is it expanding into? Are you still with him, Addison? Because I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. It's, exp- it's expanding it's, it's, into nothing. I don't know. Well, exactly. It's whatever it is, it's bloody big. But what I think it's expanding into is where all the building blocks of life actually sits. The further it grows, the more it gets into the stuff. And that's where the hydrogen and the helium and all that stuff is. It's not actually in the universe. It's what we're expanding into. That's my theory. Ah, there you go. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the Stephen Hawkins of property management. Ready to go. Excellent stuff. Anyway, uh, on to the show. Addison, you've raised a topic um, about you had a very interesting tenancy tribunal case. Yeah, no, ra- raised a bit of a top uh, topic today, just around, I guess, um, what's needed, I guess, in, in tribunal to prove something. Is, is simply saying you you have a condition or having something uh, quite good enough. Um, and then just to sort of give you the basics. Have you, have you lost the tenancy tribunal case, Ari? No, are no, we didn't managers, lose. We, we, we won. Are your, we property won. Managers not, are, your property, are your property managers not good enough? No, we don't need your training anymore, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough. But, um, no, went to tribunal, um, and obviously the tenants had to pay us um, a substantial amount of money. They they caused some damage in the property and they ripped off a smoke alarm. And this is in an apartment complex where the smoke alarm's a hardwired alarm that's part of a much bigger fire system. 
Um, yeah, and essentially, yeah. he's been ordered to pay us, you know, repairing of the, the damage that was caused because of the smoke alarm. But my property manager also went for exemplary damages around the means of messing with, uh, is it means of fire escape? Um, yeah. Something along those lines, um, which, you know, you can be awarded for up to $4,000. And essentially, the adjudicator didn't didn't want to go down that path because the tenant was saying that the smoke alarm due to its beeping had you know caused issues with his mental health um and it had become really frustrating um and essentially in the, in the ordering he's the adjudicator said for this reason alone i'm not prepared to award exemplary damages and I, me, me and my team just got talking about it we thought it was quite interesting that you know the, there was no evidence required there was nothing more than simply you know the tenants saying these things and they've they've gone they've moved on now i can obviously get the, the point of view from the adjudicator saying we've already won um and the tenants already having to pay us a, a substantial amount of money and probably fining him this on top of that would make the bill really really large which for the for the what he actually did you know that would be a bit unrealistic but i did find it just quite interesting how he's commented like that and then sort of moved on glossed over it yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things I'd like to point out here is that you probably didn't use Renzi to do your background checks on this tenant, did you? Um, <laughs> I would have gone through Renzi, but I don't know about the checks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Listen, anyway, I've read the Must case. Must have had squeaky clean record. You, yeah, yeah. Now, um, so we've had a little read of, we haven't read all of it because, you know, it, it's not for publication, so we can't go too deep into uh, we can't discuss who the tenants is obviously and, and but my take on it you know what I actually when reading this I actually do agree with the adjudicator and the reason why I agree with the adjudicator it, it's a difficult one because yes the tenant should be fined for tampering with a smoke alarm and this is what I think the RTA could have it. Why? I mean, the question I pose, why? I mean, we've now got pecuniary penalties for landlords. Why not for tenants? Because I don't think, is it fair that the landlord should get $4,000 exemplary damages? Because was the landlord actually financially put out by this situation? Um, he rightfully says you've won. I don't know. Will, what do you think? Do you think exemplary damages should be paid out in in this case um what do you reckon it's an interesting case and i just want to you know mention mental health what is raised here is something that you know it, we've got to take incredibly seriously um and it should always be treated carefully and with dignity um and so it's it's um it's a tricky one i i guess where i landed with this is it uh, we've, we've got the framework in place, such as what's in 56B, Section 56B, for family violence. And uh, that needs to be accompanied by qualifying evidence that the tenant has been a victim of family violence. And then, then it extrapolates that further um, later on in that section about uh, what qualifying evidence actually um, uh, constitutes. So I, I guess in my, my take on this is, you know, as I said, mental health 
God forbid it, if anyone has it, I, you know, I, I take that very seriously. But I think there should have been some sort of proof or onus of proof required by the tenant um, to substantiate their claim that they've got mental health issues. And, and like, um, I appreciate how sensitive this is. And, you know, um, you know, when you're asking someone that's suffering from mental health issues to substantiate that they actually do, um, that's tricky. But then again, if you look at Section 56B with family violence, this sets an example or, or a benchmark in terms of what is appropriate to ask someone under duress. So if you can ask someone yeah. that's a victim of family violence, can you please prove that? Then I think that is a good enough sort of stake in the ground to say, well, I think it's fair enough to ask that for mental health as well. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Will. I mean, I've dealt with a couple of cases with domestic violence. Uh, and as soon as someone mentions, mentions domestic violence in a tenancy, I ain't got to ask the tenant for proof. Mm. I'm not, because it, it's such a, a sense of mental health. Oh, this one, I'm... I'm I'm on the, I don't know. I don't know. I hear what you're saying. I mean, for one, the tenant can even turn up. So mm. how is the tenant going to be able to defend themselves that they've got a mental health issue? And it, to me, it just sounds like the tenant was throwing a bloody paddy. Uh, mm. And I'm sick to death with this alarm beeping. I'm just ripped it out. <laughs> and he threw it yeah. out the window. Uh, and he's, he was quite high window. up in the building. It could have hit someone on the ground. And, 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 and you think about what's happened in Wellington in the last just over a week. You know, this time last week, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, the, 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 it's the should. I, I, I don't believe the landlord should get compensated or get, you know, the, the damages in, in terms of exemplary damages, because it, it's a windfall. He says it in the actual order and he's right. That's a windfall. Mm. But there should be something in the RTA. But. It's pecuniary penalties, like what that is for a landlord, where they can be the tenant can be fined because that tenant is risking the lives not just of themselves but other occupants in the property. Now, you know, put the mental health to one side you know, for one minute. You know what you're doing. You know, he's intentionally, and this is where the, the order, it goes in, well, he may not have intentionally done it because he was just pissed off, angry, fits of rage at the time. All I about mean, spontaneous, that's yeah. Yeah, I just think that's rubbish. So I get into, someone pushes me in the pub and I spontaneously punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah, do I, do I, am I innocent? You know, no, I'm not, because I've, I've assaulted someone. It, it's, it's. Don't I say it? It's a little bit woke, you know. Uh, and and sometimes we can yeah, got, play the mental health card too easily. I got um, the idea the adjudicator was sort of just sort of tiptoeing around it and trying yeah, to not really yeah. dig too much into it. But it is going to come up in cases in the future, and some of them may be a lot more serious, like this, where it does impede, like you say, David, on the lives of others in the building. And it, it, it will be something that at some point they're going to have to assess how do we measure it. Yeah. Do you guys... How, do you, how do you measure it? Measure what? Well, mental... How do you measure mental health? I mean, do you have to have something from a doctor or do you just have to go out there and say, look, I'm, I'm feeling 
I'm not I feeling think, great. It, it's it, it's 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 hard. I think there's varying degrees of mental health for sure. Um, you know, uh, I would say that you'd need to be diagnosed, assessed by a professional. That would be my mm-hmm. take. If I was the adjudicator, I'd say, well, look, you need to let's adjourn this. I'd like to see some sort of evidence that you are struggling yep. with mental health. Yeah. But this is. Do you, yep. do you guys think that the health and well-being of everyone at the moment, including tenants, could potentially get worse in the years ahead? You know, with the financial struggle. Oh, definitely. Substance abuse. Um, Technology alone. And technology, I know. I mean, social media. My my yep. God, that, that's a highway to a um, head case. Um, that stuff. Oh, what it's scary guys, seeing the stuff guys, in schools. Yeah, are you, what are you seeing and hearing out there at the moment? I, I mean, you're on, you, you, you're across the board. Is it getting worse? Oh, it's getting worse. It's getting much worse. And and I mean, this probably goes outside the boundaries of property management. But I mean, I'm married to a school teacher and a bloody good school teacher like that as well. And, and she tells me, like, some of the schools has been in the kids are out of control, absolutely mm. out of control. Uh, and maybe that's something to do with COVID, but I, I don't know. Um, but particularly where, what I'm seeing is, and I've dealt with multiple of these, and at and and some point in the future, we'll bring it up as a topic around market rent, and, but we're going through a significant court case around this at the moment, so I can't go into it. But what I can tell you, I am seeing so many landlords coming off these low interest rates and getting absolutely stung. And some of the requests that we're getting for rent increases, and I can tell the property managers may push back a little bit, saying, look, you're asking for way too much. Um, this is where this velocity tool that we're, we're building is going to become so helpful to us uh, because that's defining, that's helping us give an accurate reading on what market rent actually is. But we're getting landlords asking for 20-plus percent um increase well wow. on, on rents and, and and when we push back some of the emails you can tell in the emotion in the emails that they are financially under duress and it's it's a unique proposition that we've got at the moment going forward is you've got the mental health of landlords who are stressing about how the hell do i afford to top up the mortgage yeah and i've got this bloody interest deductibility which is starting to bite which is really i mean that's disgraceful that should go that should be the first thing that goes it's not um, even generating much I mean, money is it well, it's a waste of time it's, it's an envy tax that's what it is it's an envy tax so get rid of I mean, that dave that will uh, yeah go on i was going to say yeah dave i had to ring so i've got a really good client he's um got a couple of houses with us and one of his houses is perched on Wadestown Hill so you can imagine access is not great it's got a couple yep. leaks so he needs to get a new roof we've had a couple of quotes due yep. to access and everything it's going to it's a six-figure job 100k oh. I mean Jeez. you know he, he's he broke down in tears he's, he absolutely can't afford it and we can't fix it so we're going to have yep. to get the tenants out of there and it's going to become a non-generating property for him you know, and there's, there's landlords like this getting sandwiched into corners, and it's like, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. And you know what? The way how it's portrayed in the media, uh, and, and certainly, you know, sometimes, don't I say it, in tribunal. I mean, I sat through a case in Wellington that, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it, sometimes it feels like, oh, the poor tenant, the poor tenant, the poor tenant. 
But here's a landlord at the other end of the equation providing a valuable service to this country because, let's face it, the state isn't going to house everybody. And, right. and, and you've got about, you know, of the 600,000 rentals that they had in New Zealand, about roughly 90% are provided by the private rental sector. And this landlords just keep getting hammered. But the point I was going to allude to before was it's unique. We're seeing property prices still slowly cooling down. I think that's going to stop soon. But rents are going up higher than ever because of the financial pressure it's putting landlords under. And, and you know, it's almost like Labour it, doesn't understand a, economics. Well, you said it, not me. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's an interesting dynamic creeping in, um, and I, I think the whole mental health issue. You know, it is going to. It's across the board, right? You know, it, I mean, you know, not tenants aren't the only people struggling here, as you just talked about, David. And the, there are owners that are under financial pressure as well. I tell you, I, I sat next to a chap on the plane uh, flying back to Napier last week, and um, uh, he had a big moku all over his face, and, you know, he was an intimidating-looking chap, but I just had this pull to talk to him. And I sat down, and I chewed his ear off for at least an hour, and we had the most fascinating conversation. And he, it turns out he's a consultant. For, he's just done a huge amount of work with Air New Zealand on introducing Māori and understanding that and the culture and the history and it's really cool stuff but I talked to him about the gangs and he said one of the most intimidating and confronting things he's ever had to deal with is these huge big gang members big staunch incredibly intimidating guys just breaking down at the moment through through mental health um, for a variety of different reasons and it's across the board and um, it was just a really interesting story, what he was, uh, what he shared with me. Interesting. I thought you were going to tell him that. I thought you were going to start telling him that you come up with the uh, big bang theory. For the no. And you got talking about that. No, but I did. I did question him. I said, uh, "Look, I hope, I hope I'm not crying here, but." Are gang members employees? I mean, um, do they get wages or salaries and all that sort of stuff? But he, God, he was cracking up laughing. I thought they were quite good questions, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> but uh, there you go. So I was solving different sorts of problems. What was the answer to that? Are they, are they contractors? Well, fascinating enough, it depends on the chapter. And he said the chapter, and, and just like in a business, he said it all starts from the top, the leader. And what is that leader yeah. all about? And he said, in some chapters, to be in that gang, you have to have a full-time job or you must have a bike or something. Um, and so, yeah, it depends on the chapter. And uh, some, some do have those requirements and some don't. It's quite interesting. I read this, I read this book called Freakonomics. We're, we're going off point here completely. But I read this book called Freakonomics, and it did a study. It, it looks at different, you know, aspects of life and comes up with different economical theories and one of them was about gangs and about the hierarchy of gangs and saying how much it's like mcdonald's and you've got your little runners on the ground and you've got the big ceo who gives the direction as to where the company's going now the only difference is now and again there's a bit of bad blood and a bit of bloodshed yeah. and um yeah anyway addison how you what do you think because i mean all this mental health which has been laid which is seeing mental health issues uh, with tenants, with landlords, how are your property managers coping 
Um, because, you know, that's got to be in the back of your mind consideration to your team as well. What are you doing uh, to protect your team? Yeah, well, it's funny that you do that. We're actually going through Tommy's as a whole through, you know, both real estate, commercial and the rentals. We're all doing a bit of a mental health push and drive at the moment. And it's been driven by one of our, uh, our new CEOs, our new CEO that we've got across the board. Um, and so we are bringing in like a phone in service where if you are feeling down or anything, it's a free service for any of our employees and they can ring it and talk to someone over the phone. So we are bringing in something like that. Um, but, you know, our team, you know, in the rental division, every, the you know, we're such a tight-knit team. We talk to each other. If someone's got a problem, it's it's all of our problem. You know, we all roll our sleeves in and get, get involved when, when things get tricky. So, um, no, we're going going really, really well. That's one of the great things with property management is that it, it's even with competing companies, there's still that little bit of a, how can you say it? It's like a bit of a, a kinship, a bit of a team element about we all know what we're going through. Camaraderie. Camaraderie. We're all dealing with the same crap, no matter yeah. what part of the country you're in. Sometimes it, it's it, it's maybe more acute in, in some of our lower income towns than, than maybe in, in places like Karori or, or Thornton and Wellington, but they're still going to have people with their issues, which you're dealing with. Um, I mean, just property brokers, we have a what's called EAP, where every employee gets the ability, I think it's to have two counselling sessions uh, if, if things are going tight and things aren't good. And we've certainly, I've, I've found myself recommending it to some of our team members when you can see, you can tell it's in the face when you talk to them. You, you, this is why face-to-face is always good, because you can just pick up the vibe that, these guys aren't coping. And it's important to know what's going on outside of work, which could be relating to, to how they're feeling. And, and they're coming into work, and then they have to deal with tenants who are under pressure, financially stressed, um, having to issue rent increases, which they feel are unjustified, and knowing that the, the tenant's got to push back at them, going, what the hell's this? And then you've got to go to the owner, and the owner's like, I need the money. You're getting it from both sides. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, God, it's difficult, isn't it, to make sure you've got to, well, I find you've just got to look after your team so much because you go through, you you burn them out, they leave the industry, it's expensive to replace, it's not fair on them, you want to look after them, you want to provide a good career for them, a safe environment for them. Um mm. I mean, I don't know, Will. I mean, it's you probably don't see it as much in your business. I'm sure you've got your your, your own pressures that you have to deal with. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, we we do. I mean, pe- people are people, you know, and and um, everyone's got challenges of varying degrees. We we recently did a uh, session with Ryan's called the Good Yarn, and yes, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. God, what was that like? Oh, it was really good. It was facilitated by Joe Ray, and I have to say that woman has, uh, has got many talents. I thought she – I was surprised, but um, she did a brilliant job. It's very hard-hitting, but it's um, it's about two hours long, and I did it with my senior leadership team, um, and I found it really, really good, quite confronting, um, but just good in sense of uh, self-check and also looking for – 
just yeah. the traits and the signs, I suppose, and, and who you work with. But my, my biggest challenge at Renty in the last 18 months has been around working with such a young team. I mean, they call me dad. I'm 42. <laughs> <laughs> what am I? I'm granddad. Yeah, you You're are. Not, not that old. old. And, and so uh, that's been a real interesting challenge for me is there is a just a massive paradigm shift in – the way they think compared to the, um, how I think. And in my generation, there's still the residue of toughen up buttercup. Um, but in their generation, it, it is absolutely far more widely discussed and accepted that um, that this stuff needs to be brought to the forefront. And, and their expectations on how they are treated is very different to how what mine are. And, and, and so, yeah, it's been a huge learning experience for me. But I guess at the end of the day, like you said, David, we've just got to create a great environment for our team. They feel safe. They feel like yeah. they can make mistakes. They learn. And we all support each other because that's the other thing is I think leaders fall into a trap where they think it's their responsibility. It's everyone's responsibility in the team to look after each other. You know, it doesn't have to all be me. I mean, it can be from anyone, and that's that's the message that I've said to my team is it's not up to me. I'm here. I'm always in your corner, 100%. But anyone in this team yeah. you can talk to and you can trust. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I probably do come from the school of, of you know, that toughen up type of, you know, come from the northwest of England. My first job was on a building site. Mm. Uh, at the age of like 16, 17, with a bunch of scousers, and they were, I have to be honest, they were absolutely brutal. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah. And, and you, you had to just dealt with it or you just crumbled. I mean, I'm not saying that's the way it should have been. It shouldn't be like that. Um, sometimes, sometimes I think it can be overplayed. Um, and sometimes, because you've got to go through a bit of crap in life, because it does give you that word called resolve. Because it, it does, you've got to be a little bit, ment particularly in property management, you've got to have elements of mental toughness to do um, this job. Life is not easy. It's not a bed of roses. It never has been. And it shouldn't be. And I remember seeing this one guy speak on a YouTube clip, basically telling all these young kids, you know, um, is any of you worse off than what your grandparents were? And it was, I thought it was a very good point. I mean, Christ, my grandparents, you know, were in World War II. Um, so, you know, they didn't have it easy, clearly. Um, but you've got to get that balance right between, you know, yeah, there's, there's an element of we all have to be a little bit stauncher, maybe, tougher, dare I say it. But we've also got to be empathetic as well. And when someone's struggling, you know, and everyone goes through crap, everyone goes through crap. You know, you, you've got to be able to talk it through with someone, and, and, you, and, and if you're someone's giving you, the, someone's going to open up. You've got to listen. You've got to listen. You know. So, in, interesting topic, guys. Interesting topic, and it'd be you're right, Ali. It's going to be interesting to see if we're going to see more and more of this stuff um, raise its head in all aspects of, of our industry. Whether you're a property manager, whether you're a landlord, whether you're a tenant, whether it's in the tribunal, what like you um, had to deal with there. All right. So to Good topic, guys. Anyway, Will, you know, me and Addison are off to the we're off to the Gold Coast in our budgie smugglers. What are you, what are you going to be doing this week? Where are you going? Well, I'm not going to the Gold Coast, and I definitely am not putting my budgie smugglers on. Um, I do own a pair, though. 
um, at my wife's request, I must say. But um, I, I'm, I'm going to merely entertain myself by asking one of you 10 questions. And um, yep. I have been inspired recently by Jay Shetty's podcast. He asked five questions at the end. And um, who, who wants to be the first victim? Oh, well, my wife's just walked in, so I want to hear the questions first in case there's any secrets. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll which I have to, so Harrison, Harrison can yeah. go first. Right, 10 questions, Harry. And okay. the first thing that pops to mind, and a quick game is a good game. Are they sort of quick answers, are they? Well, they should be. Okay. Right, favorite leader in history? Oh, Barack Obama. Best piece of advice you've received? Don't sweat the small stuff. Worst piece of advice you've received? Oh God! Not, not, not by me, Addison. I hope. Not by me, I hope. Yeah, it'll be, be some. It'll be some old wise words from, uh, or not so wise words from David Faulkner, probably from back in the day. Like she'll be right <laughs> as we head into a tribunal case without preparing. <laughs> if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be? Oh, the current Prime Minister. Fascinating. Trump, is he good or bad? Oh, oh, what a good question. He's, um, people like Trump are, are, sort of, are sort of needed in the world, I think, because it sort of spices things up, you know, right. it creates a bit of discussion and a bit of, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, arguments just the status and stuff. Quo. Mars, yeah. should we go? What was that, sorry? Mars, should oh, we go? Oh, definitely, definitely. Love space, need to get bases out there. Who is the person that's had the most influence on your career and property management? That would be David Faulkner. You're probably mine too, to be fair. So well done, you. Oh, you geez. become... You become Prime Minister. What are three things you would change, introduce, or remove straight away? Um, interest deductibility. Yep. Capital gains taxes. Yep. Um, and I'd adjust the tax brackets because we're taxed way too high. What's one thing on your bucket list? Or go visit the pyramids in Egypt. If you could select someone for our next Prime Minister, who would it be? Oh. <laughs> well, no, I reckon actually like someone like Will Alexander actually would be bloody good at it. There you go, mate. Oops. Write it down and send it in. Yeah. Well done. Good question. Well, they were quite good, good questions. There right. you go, Dave. You're, yeah, you're now. Okay. Yeah, do me what? next week. Come up with some new questions for me next week. Yeah, okay, okay. It's not uh, the quick fire five, it's the quick fire ten. Yeah, quick fire ten. All right. Right All right, guys, well, thanks for the talk. Thanks for everyone listening to the podcast. PMC tickets are on sale now. We've had some big speaking announcements in the last few days. Amori Hart from Australia will be coming over to talk, and she talks a lot about systems, mental health, mental well-being. So quite on point, really, that we've um, had that topic today. And, uh, yeah, so thanks again to... Great panel. Sorry, what? Great panel. Oh, it's a great panel. It's a great Excellent panel. Excellent panel. Best it's panel out there. 
Yeah, I have to say, Leanne is one of those yeah. really awesome people in this industry. She is, she's fantastic, and and all of them are great. I mean, yeah, great panel. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, and we've and we're putting our BDM panel together as well, and we've already got um, two confirmed for that. So that'll be being announced in the next couple of weeks. So get your tickets for the PMC. The early bird closes at the end of July. Tickets on sale now at Takina Convention Centre in Wellington, the brand new convention centre on the 23rd. And it's the all open now, Dave. Of, is it? It's open yeah, now. Yeah, I drove Great. past. The big screens now. are up. They've got ads playing. It's all lit up. So, you know, it should be cool. Within the next next couple of weeks, you'll be able to have a little look in there. I reckon what will end up happening is that video of you drinking that bottle of wine on that dance floor will be on the big screen outside that <laughs> oh, convention uh, centre. And get I'll your tickets today for the BNC. <laughs> right. Embarrassing. All right. All right. Well, thanks, Will. Thanks, Cheers. Addison. And uh, we'll talk again next week. And Addison, I'll see you in the Gold Coast at the weekend. All right. Looking Enjoy forward to it, mate. Enjoy, guys. Enjoy. All see right. ya. Good on you. Thank Bye. you for tuning in to the Alternative Property Management Podcast, powered by Renty and the PMC.